This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. Visit us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life out of every adversity. These words of David to the men that murdered his rival are telling. They reveal his deep and abiding trust in Almighty God, no matter how bleak the situations looked around him. The two murderers of King Ishbosheth thought they were doing David a favor. Their surmise that they would be rewarded for eliminating the person in the way of David taking over the entire kingdom of Israel. Too often we get caught up in the situations and circumstances of life that we neglect the fact that Jesus Christ is our sole king, protector, redeemer, sustainer, and the shepherd of our souls. Oh yes, we at times may pay lip service to such things because we have to, to sound like we are good Christians. It is dangerous for Christians to think it is perfectly fine to take matters into their own hands. The mantra of error is not that God has redeemed my life out of every adversity, but that I have redeemed my life out of every adversity, or that my king or my president or my government has redeemed my life out of every adversity. The mantra still goes in our error. The God is not in control. I'm in control. My government's in control. This is what David objected to in our passage today against the two murderers of Ishbosheth and throughout his life. Today, let us take special care to learn anew how God's grace alone as our good shepherd redeems our life from every adversity we face. Verses 1 through 4 of our lesson today in, verse, in 2 Samuel 4 speaks of the point that Ishbosheth's courage failed at the news of the death of Abner, as we read last week. Also, we read that the entire nation of Israel was dismayed. Along with this, two of Ishbosheth's captains are introduced to us. The king was seeing everything around him fall apart. His top general was dead. His foundation of trust, not in God, but upon the strength of his men, was gone. In the end for him, the very people he trusted in to help him keep his throne turned against him. From this point, Ishbosheth had nowhere to go, nowhere to run. When we fail to trust in God and our trust in others falters, we are truly destitute. This was the plight of Ishbosheth. Verses 5 through 8 speaks of the end of Ishbosheth by the hands of his own wicked men. As we read, they snuck into his chamber and killed him on his bed, beheading him and taking the head with them as they ran. Often, as we read in Scripture, when a ruler turns his back upon God and self-trust, all around him begins to fall apart. The men showed their true intention of their hearts in verse 8 when they arrived to David with the head of his rival. Here is the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, your enemy, who sought your life. 
The Lord has avenged my Lord the King this day on Saul and on his offspring. The actions of these murderous men were arrogant. They presumed that David would be like all other worldly leaders, taking and praising every opportunity afforded for political gain. The epitome of their arrogance came out by stating that their actions was the work of God. We must use extreme caution forsaking all ideas of self-preservation and self-trust that seek to have us do things out of fear and a lack of faith in God. The two murderers lived under a king, after all, that had taken matters into his own hands through political expedience, thinking he had the upper hand with all but one tribe supporting his rule. When things began to falter, the two captains took matters into their own hands to garner trust from a new leader. How often do we let ourselves slide into similar self-trusting tendencies? Psalm 34, verses 13 through 14, our psalm for this day states, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The temptation and trying times as Ishbosheth's murderers faced was that the only way forward was evil and deceitful words and actions. They did not want to wait on God as David waited. They instead resorted to sinful words, sinful actions to make things happen, to help themselves, to do what was necessary in their own twisted minds to get their own way. We must take care in our time that we not follow the same path. Rather, God requires the following of us from our psalm in verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. This is often hard to believe hard to enact in our lives, but such requires patience, faith, and trust in God over every sinful instinct we have to go it alone. Verses 9 through 12 speaks of David's reply to Ishbosheth's murderers. David's foundation, as we know, was a complete and total trust in God. Verse 19 of our psalm states, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. There's a vast difference between the restless, those that cannot endure patiently in God, and those of the David sort that continue on in the service of God faithfully, even during years and years of affliction. God provides all of us a proper outlet for our crying out and our lamenting concerning our situations and circumstances in life. It is through crying out to him, praying to him, pouring out our hearts to him. It is by acknowledging him in everything that he cares for us, that he has redeemed our lives out of every adversity. Verse 10 is telling of David's mindset even toward his enemies with this reply to the murderers of Ishbosheth. When one told me, behold, Saul is dead and thought he was bringing me good news, I seized him and killed him at Ziklag, which was the reward I gave for his news. How much more when wicked men have killed a righteous man in his own house on his bed shall I not now require his blood at your hand and destroy you from the earth? David, after all, was the shepherd of Israel, all of Israel, anointed to that fact by God. He did not just care for those that supported him from the tribe of Judah, 
and those that loved him. He cared deeply for all of Israel, yes, even for his enemies, like Abner and Ishbosheth. His actions against those that murdered Ishbosheth and others was as a shepherd protecting his flock from future danger. These men proved they could not be trusted. They were reckless and worthless, full of violence and bent upon sin. David was not such a person, not such a king. His execution of these men, along with others of a similar sort during his reign, tells of a man that always sought peace and always waited for God to act in his time by his means to lift him out of his afflictions. He did not trust in those that sought to force issues through sinful impatience. Our New Testament reading today stated the following in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as a servant of God. David never caved into those that covered up their evil actions in the guise of making themselves look righteous or justifying their sin because it was for a good cause, such as speeding up the timeline for David to become king of Israel. He called them out for their sinful wickedness. We might object here to say it's difficult to live as a righteous life as David lived in our times of adversity. Our times, after all, are complicated where we do not have kings or emperors over us, but leaders we elect in elections. All the while, though, God knows we are weak, that we are incapable of living in a complete, total trust in him to leave everything in his hands to patiently wait. The issue is regardless of our time, God's word is superior over man's ideas of timing and words, and his word and his law alone must be obeyed. When we are weak, Jesus is strong in our place. See, our natural sinful propensities call us to revile back when reviled by others, whether we're reviled by fellow citizens or governments or corporations. Yet Jesus did the following for us, both to the individuals and to the government that was persecuting him and ultimately killing him, as we read in verse 23 of our epistle today. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. Further, he gave us strength and the good example to follow in response to individuals and governments that made him suffer physically. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He did all of this for us as verse 24 gives us the sober reminder in this Easter season. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus did not go about to teach us to take matters into our own hands, to force issues, to bring the timeline up to strike back when struck, to revolt when mistreated. No, he submitted to all these slights, plus our own sins upon his back, to redeem our souls and bodies so that we can enjoy him for eternity. It is not something we earn through doing it alone or doing it my way. It is all accomplished through the work he did in his way, in his timing. Our call is as the same as David, to wait patiently, faithfully, trusting in God alone. 
All our actions that mimic the wicked world around us are just symptoms of the greater problem, how we were before faith in Jesus Christ, like sheep going astray. Our Redeemer lives. Our Redeemer said this in the gospel for this Sunday, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Our King Jesus Christ does not work as the worldly leaders around us. He is patient. He is kind with us, calling us and leading us back home to him, to the fold. Our whole lives are a daily endeavor to turn back from disaster and to return to the shepherd and overseer of our souls, Jesus Christ. No matter how dire things look around us, let us continue to take our only strength and the might of Jesus over the temptations of the world and the flesh and the devil to take matters into our own hands. Let us recall all he has accomplished for us and trust in him alone, no matter how long it takes. As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life out of every adversity. Amen.